This morning I'm going to start a series we'll be um, doing uh, throughout this entire month. And um, it's a very, very, very important um, um, series. Um, in fact, I, I believe it is one of the fundamental secrets that is found in the Bible and an adjustment in one's life to this particular principle will dramatically change uh, your experience in life and the way and manner in which heaven will respond to you. Answered prayers is uh, hinged completely upon it, we'll see, and also God being able to provide and reach you at the point of your need also is um, hinged upon this particular principle. Uh, but first of all, let me start out by saying this. Uh, there is a concept in Scripture about changing the seasons of your life. And uh, this month is what we are praying and this is what we are believing God for. On an individual level and a corporate level, people entering into the fullness of what is called daytime within their lives. In other words, a series of things happen in this particular season within your life that uh, causes there to be uh, so much growth increase in your life and your space that uh, who you will be eventually upon this earth in terms of manifesting the totality of yourself and your assignment from God, uh, the delivery of that thing happens during this season. Uh, the, the very substance that generations, if Jesus tarries, you will leave for generations after you. The entrance of it comes this season, that it's an issue of legacy and not just, all right, the, um, just one answer to prayer. And, and I believe there's family. But we've got to understand there is a concept there in Scripture of changing seasons or changing the times. If we put up Psalm 30 and verse 5, For his anger endureth but for a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So there is something called morning time in your life. There is the night season and there is daytime. Jesus spoke about this, John chapter 9 and verse 4. He said, have I not said unto you, work, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is what? Day. For the night cometh when no man can work. So if the night cometh and there are signs of the night time where some things are not working in your life and what you are trying to do is just to get that thing to work and not change it from night to day. You get what I'm saying here? Yeah? You'll be stumbling at what you don't know. But once you change it from night time to day season, then everything works. In other words, you toil all night because it's night time. You catch nothing. You get into the day season. You repeat what you did at night. And now the doors are opened. Nighttime, you asked for something. You are rejected and refused. Daytime comes. You ask the same person for that same thing. And the person says, why didn't you say it this way? I said, but I said it that way. You might have changed the seasons there. So how do we change the seasons and get into this daytime is what we're saying. 
In John chapter 11, we find Jesus from verse 4. Uh, Lazarus was ill, all right, and they had sent for him. All right, let's look at from John 11 and verse 2. Quickly, John 11 and verse 2, right? Now, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Verse 3, therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now, verse 4, Jesus did something powerful. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Then verse 5. And now Jesus loved Martha and his sister, all right, and Lazarus. And then 6. So when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, because he loved them, he abode two days still. He didn't move. He was still in the same place where he was. Now what was going on? Verse 7 here. And then after that, he said, so there was stillness. And then he said, let's go into Judah again. So they had been there. He said, let's go back. And his disciples said, hey, hold it, Jesus. Master, the Jews sought to stone thee the last time. We know why we left that place because we have been antagonized there and we we'll have been killed. Now you are saying we should go back to that place. We've held conversations about this. Jesus now said in verse 9, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. Verse 10, But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Now verse 12, This thing said he, All right, um, Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, All right, he shall do well. So Jesus was saying, Look, it's daytime now. We can go back. You will find out that, Nobody will carry, lift a stone and even attempt to throw it at us. That's why he understood what Satan was doing. Satan went for Lazarus that he knew Jesus loved. He went to somebody's house whom he knew that had broken their poured ointment on Jesus to trick Jesus to come out of season. Now Jesus understood what was going on. Uh, Lazarus' condition was deteriorating. But it was still night time if he entered into that place. So Jesus abode still and said, once I change it into daytime, even if he's dead for one month, I'll bring him out. Do you get what I'm saying? So he abode still there. Now what most people do is that we struggle at night. We pray prayers, all right, to change one thing and don't understand the concept of moving our lives. And people even extended the night season by saying certain words. So I want to look at this this month here. They switch here. And when you are in night season there, you are stumbling on things, right, that, that you, you don't know what's going on. But the very things that you are stumbling on, when resolved, will define your purpose. In other words, that very obstacle there will define your purpose. Now, laws of proper speech is the first aspect we want to look at. God's practical directives on how to use this defining capacity that he has given to man. That is, death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
And those that love it, the word love it or that phrase is those that make use of it are eating of its fruit thereof. So the tongue is the defining capacity there in man. It says how great a matter a little fire can live. So what I want to look at this month is not, and I want you to follow me in the scriptures and just look at the Bible for what the Bible says. And just look at the scripture and read it as the scripture says it. All right? We're examining how refraining from using your tongue in a certain way or in certain ways becomes one of the most powerful things that you will ever do on this earth and in bringing forth the next season into your life. Now, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you just stop speaking in a certain way, and I know you are not saying, I'm going to fail, I'm going to lose, you're not saying that. But there are words that you may be saying that in the realm of the Spirit, I want to show this, open up the door to failure and to loss. And that once you understand that type of speech, and you refrain from using your tongue that way, you will find out that you are the one hindering God from doing things that you didn't even have to ask for something, you would just have done some things. That is the way we spoke and the conversation. And these are not conversations you have with yourself. These are conversations you have with other people. In other words, what you say to people and what you say with people is what I'm talking about. That you sit down, I'm not talking about the deliberate confessions or declarations you are making by yourself. I'm talking about conversations that you have one with another. There are certain words that are being used or things are being spoken in a certain way that is affecting all right, the lives of people there. First Peter chapter 3 from verse 9. First Peter 3 and verse 9. It says, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrawise blessing. So somebody engages you and it says, not rendering evil railing for railing, knowing that you are there unto call, that you shall inherit a blessing. Now, verse 10. For he that will do what? Love life. And see good days. What did he say? Let him do what? Refrain. He didn't say let him be saying, I'm going to see good days. I'm going to do see good days. Do you get what I'm saying here? You can be saying, I'm going to see good days. I'm going to see good days. Good days are coming. But if you don't refrain from certain speech, it won't happen. Let him do what? Refrain his tongue from evil. And his lips that they speak no guile. Let him refrain from evil. His tongue. And his speech that they, his, his, and his lips that they speak no guile. All right? Next verse here. And one, one of the most powerful things is to gossip. I'll show you here. You, you, when you gossip about somebody, you are speaking words of death. Okay? Now, let, let, let's go on here. It says, you see this. Let him ensue evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Next verse. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are over the what? Righteous. 
and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Now, the righteous here, more mistakes we make in teaching New Testament, we just took one definition of righteousness from E.W.K. and then slammed it on every word righteousness in the entire scriptures and said it's the ability to stand before God. Now, he defined it for something in particular. It's not every time the word righteous or righteousness is used, that's what the scripture is talking about. He's not saying that. All right, once you're a born-again Christian, the heirs of the Lord put that back. So what we felt is, regardless of the way we behave, now he was building this up. He was talking about something. He was talking about what enhances or affects prayers as a Christian. If you go to verse 7, let me show you this. This is where it's coming from. First um, Peter 3, 7. You'll see it's built up. Likewise, you husbands dwell well with knowledge, according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessels, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not what? Hindered. So he was telling them that there are things that can hinder your prayers. And then he said, if you are going to love life and see good days, refrain from speaking evil. Then he goes to verse 12 here, all right? He says, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. The righteous there, I mean, when the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man maketh power, much power available, and he talked about Elijah. Elijah wasn't a born-again Christian, according to the, the blood of Jesus wasn't yet shed. He shot the heavens. Now, we need to tinker with our theology, because let me tell you this. Cornelius was not a born-again Christian. In fact, his prayer was in, was in the New Testament. Acts chapter 10. Let's re-examine our theology. We are missing something. And the Bible records that an angel came and said, your prayers and your arms have come as a memorial before God. I have been sent an angel to somebody. He said, now, you, it was the prayers of Cornelius that provoked God to show Peter that actually the gospel is meant for the Gentiles too. Peter, it was because of Cornelius. He said, he was so accurate. The angel said, take men and send to one Simon. It was then that Peter now had that open. So let's not just say, you know, once you are born again, it's where I'm born again, and say it. And then what happens to the born again Christian? He does what he considers to be effectual fervent prayer. He doesn't get results. Let's be honest with us. I can't waste my, I, don't, I can't be wasting time on this earth again. Just echoing something that, that may not be working. All right? So let's look at it. What does that word righteous mean? Because it says effectual fervent prayer. This man knelt down and shut the heavens. This man knelt down and opened the heavens. And rain began to fall. He was operating in power. That word righteous means there was certain, there was a way in which he conducted his affairs on the earth that when he knelt down, heaven opened up. And one of the things is you refrain your tongue from evil. And no guile comes out. And then look at the next verse, verse 13 there. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? In other words, we'll see this, that if you refrain your tongue from speaking evil, it's telling us that who is he that will harm you? It's when you speak ill of others or open up certain conversations with people. Now that hedge gets broken. How do we know this? Proverbs 13, 3. Now, to show you protection and conversations, Pro, Proverbs says, He that keepeth his what? Mouth. Keepeth his what? Life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have what? Destruction. 
In fact, another translation says, keep your mouth and you will be safe. Keep what you know to yourself. Talk too much and you are done for. <laughs> Keep what you know to yourself. Talk too much, you are done for. <laughs> you understand now? That's English. Sing so. All right? Talk too much. Say, oh boy, you are done for. You are sealed. So, you can, it's saying here, you can endanger your well-being by disclosing things you know about people to others. Now, that's, I'm, I want to get into something this month here. So, refraining from speaking, and, and let me say this here, most of this, or a, a, a good measure of the words, or a particular aspect here of the words that people say that are wrong, they say in anger when they're interacting with people. In Ephesians chapter, chapter 4 and verse 26, it says, be angry, it says, but sin not. And don't let the sun go down on your earth. Be angry, it says, but sin not. Now, so it says somebody can do something and you are angry. Yeah, 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 you're angry. But it says, don't sin. Now, what is he talking about? Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 6. It said, suffer not. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to do what? Sin. So be angry, but put a restraint on the words you are speaking. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say before the angel that it was an error. Now, Satan is playing. You see, he knows this. He knows that he has lost power. He knows he doesn't have. If he's, if he's powerful power, he will lose. All he has is to play on the ignorance of people. All right? That's why it says, Psalm 39, verse 1, it says, when the wicked stands before you. Put it up, Psalm 39, 1. It says, Psalm 39, 1 here. It says, I will place a guard upon my lips. It says, I, I said, I will take it to my ways, that I sin not with my word, tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the word wicked is before me. In other words, the wicked is just trying to get you to say something. And these in conversations, yeah. Look. Some of these things that, you know, because I've been studying the Bible, reading it through um, uh, rabbis and, and digging into the Torah. And as Torah is the first, that's Genesis, up, to, up until the prophets. And one of the things they say, as the Hebrew sages is, at the core, and I agree with them, at the core, core of every broken marriage, divorce, career, destruction of career, and one more thing, are seeds of hurtful words spoken. Let me tell you this. Is, you know, I was sharing with community group, people uh, married between one year to four years. And, and I told them, I said, look, why don't you just get married? All right, marriage, marriage, is, marriage is an assignment in the sense that what God actually technically does is that he brings people together to help one another overcome their flaws. That's technically what he's doing. 
Because it's only the person that you're married to that knows some things that nobody else will know. All right? So that person is to carry that burden and help you pray that thing out. Now, what happens is people, because of false expectation they got from meals and bones and going for seminars that they are telling them, or they just heard stories of people, once they come in, they shock that they get sometimes. The expectations that they have that are wrong, when the iniquity of that person lands on them, it's not the iniquity that caused the problem. It's the words they say. And it happens during the first few years when people are rubbing, they're trying to, that, that's why, all right, people are rubbing, and then you see people make unkind statements and say things. If only I knew you were like this. You know, say things that you can't say is an error. So it's in those first few years people make unkind. And that's what Satan wants. So refraining from saying certain all right, type of words in a certain way will dramatically improve your life. That's what the scripture is saying. It will dramatically improve your relationship with heaven. That's what the Bible is saying. Heaven will be able to do more in your life. Whoever guards his mouth, his mouth therefore becomes a vessel. Now, I didn't put the scripture, but let me quickly go to it. Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Let's start from verse 7. Let me, let me look at it. All right. So this is where um, Peter got the scripture from. All right. It says, verse 9. Psalm 34, verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no what? Want. Please, underline that word. There is no what? Want. There is no what? Want. Which means anything you desire, you get it if you fear the Lord. Now, it says here, the young lions do lack with all of their strength. They lack. And suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come ye, because the fear of the Lord is the secret. He said, come, let me teach you the fear of the Lord. If somebody comes and tells you that, let me tell you, if you do this thing, you will have no want, no need in your life. You will, everything will be working for you. You'll say, what is it? He says, come, let me give you the secret. Let me teach you what the fear, because you just say fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord. He said that God is coming, we are shaking when we are praying. And we're, you know, what's the fear of the Lord? He says, come, let me teach you what the fear of the Lord is. Look at the next verse. What man is he that desireth life? And loveth many days that he may do what? See good. Keep thy tongue from what? Evil. He said this is the secret. Was blocking heaven from pouring forth. He says keep your tongue from evil and your lips that they do what? From speaking God. That's where Peter got it. So I want to de- what I want to do is to define what that evil is. And what God is. This one. Because it's not that you are saying, I will have lack. I will not be able to pay my bills. I, I will, I, I, that's not what you're saying. But there are conversations where the technicality of the spirit realm, there are things that are being violated. That is, you, you know, one of the things you must do, and I was sharing with the HR community group yesterday, they asked me to come and share with them on social capital and work. And I said, 
I mean, social capital, capital is the invisible force. Capital is the invisible force that you bring to your labor that multiplies the output. It's not money. It's the invisible force you bring to labor that multiplies it. That's what capital is. All right? It's an invisible thing you bring to labor that multiplies it. Now, social capital is the invisible force inside your networks and relationships. In other words, inside your relationship and your network, there, there, is, there, there is a way in which you can bring out, which means there are people there that can introduce you to people. So let's say that all you, what you do is you make pulpits this way. Now, there can be somebody inside your network who can introduce you to somebody or speak to somebody that can open up a door for you such that, all right, this thing that you do just once every three months, you get an order for a thousand every single month. Now, your skill level has not increased, but capital has entered into what you are doing. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.